1: Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm, I'm back after a week away. Uh, Drew Silva's out this week, though, so uh, he's doing a Pitch Talks event in St. Louis this week, so Ryan Boyer's back with us this week. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Ryan. How's it going?
2: It's going good. I'm just uh, finishing up my 2,000-word column on Doug Pfister signing with the <laughs> Angels. right
1: yes a lot a lot of fantasy impact there for sure
2: (laughs) not exactly but hey throw him a bone there
1: uh i just got in the door it's a super hot day in new york uh 90 degree day um so i got an iced coffee on the way home i'm not i quit drinking i quit drinking coffee last year so i'm like super wired right now so i don't know what this (laughs) podcast is gonna be we'll see um, but needed a nice cool drink as I was walking around. So um, yeah, we'll dig into the headlines here in a minute. Before we get into that, just a reminder: subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, we're also on Spotify, our iHeart Radio, Google Play, Audio Boom, you name it. Uh, you can find us. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts and enjoy the show, please consider rating and reviewing the show as well. That would be a great help. Okay, so let's dig right into the headlines, and we'll start with the Freddie Freeman situation. Freeman was hit in the left wrist uh, during Wednesday's game. Turns out he has a fracture in the wrist. He won't require surgery, but he'll be in a cast for about four weeks, and he's expected to miss about ten weeks. So that is that is a tough one. Uh, that would place his return around early August or so. Uh, Freeman, of course, had a monster second half last year and was... Keeping it going so far this year, leading the NL with 14 home runs, has a 341, 461, 748 batting line. Uh, he's currently the number five ranked player in Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, so, a terrible blow to the Braves and fantasy owners alike.
2: Yeah, dating back to June of last year, he has the highest OPS in all of baseball. It, hmm. We remember he had a an unrelated, obviously, wrist issue at the end of 2015. And right kind of dogged him into the off season and spring training and he didn't get off to a great start last year but he's just been a a monster since last june and i think he was he's probably was playing his way into the first round of fantasy drafts next year i think yeah and i think that's probably still going to be the case that uh, this shouldn't have any any long-term effect in that regard but you know he's the sun trust is looks like it's going to play pretty hitter friendly especially for for left-handed power and just in a such a great situation and just a really huge bummer for fantasy owners.
1: So the internal options, not really much there. I I heard earlier today, they were talking about Rio Ruiz being a a possible option for first base, but Buster only a VSPN reported a little while ago that the club is closing in on a deal with James Loney. I don't know if that was officially announced or what Uh, Loney was in camp with the Rangers this spring, then signed a minor league deal with the Tigers he was released a week or so ago. Um, either way, not very exciting from a fantasy perspective with those internal options. Um, and you can't really replace Freeman in fantasy leagues. You can't replace that sort of production, but there are at least some decent options out there first base types, widely available. I put a couple of them in waiver wire today. Tommy Joseph with the Phillies had a really slow April, but uh, hitting 383 with five homers and six doubles this month. Uh, Justin Smoke with the Blue Jays, a guy who's maybe the ultimate post-hype player. <laughs> Suddenly, he's showing a better contact rate than anything we've ever seen before. Hitting 280 with nine homers, has an 888 OPS. Um, and we should probably mention Josh Bell as well with the Pirates. Uh, hit a no- hit another home run uh, this afternoon, Thursday afternoon against the Nationals. Now has four homers in his last six games. Nine homers on the year. Uh, hit cleanup Thursday as well. So, um, you know, you can salvage some value with those guys, maybe piece it together until Freeman gets back.
2: Yeah. I I, I like Bell the best out of those Mm -hmm. three. Uh, I I think the question kind of with him coming into the season is, was he ever going to translate that good raw power into big home run totals? He hit 17 home runs between the triple A and the majors last year, but that was easily his, his career high. He's always been a, a guy that has that raw power, but hits a good number of balls on the ground. So it was a question of whether he was going to unlock it. And obviously that's, those questions are starting to get answered. Nine home runs uh, now all, all coming over his last 27 games hitting clean it. Now for the pirates, his strikeout rate is up a little bit. Um, You know, he's always been a guy with great plate discipline, but even as it's up a little bit, it's still really good for a guy. If he's going to be, you know, a power hitter now, only owned in about 33% of Yahoo League still, so still pretty widely available. As you mentioned, you're not going to really re- replace Freeman. I got a I got a question on Facebook Live earlier about like who they could trade uh, treat Freeman for. And at this point, those type of injuries, I just think you are kind of just stuck waiting. Uh, you're best off and just waiting it out. You're not going to get the kind of offers to you, you know, that's fair value for him. So you're just kind of stuck waiting it out.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, I like. I think I like Bell maybe the best. I think Joseph is still a guy who could be vulnerable to lose some playing time eventually. Um, so I don't think he's 100% safe. Uh, Bell's definitely in the future for the Pirates. Uh, and I think they're going to let him sink or swim. Uh, I don't expect the Pirates to, to contend this year. Um, so we could see them trade off some pieces. They'll just... Put him in there every day in the lineup and see how see how he goes. So he
2: uh, might he might be their best hitter right now. With the that's that's <laughs> with, true. <laughs> with the with the issues going on in their outfield with the you know Marte suspension, McCutcheon, and and uh, Polanco both underperforming. And now Polanco hurt. So yeah yeah
1: you know, yeah. What pirates, ha- are, pirates what, are in bad shape? What what happened to Andrew McCutcheon? That's a, that's a whole show. We could do a whole uh, show about that. Yeah. Um, By the way, also on the topic of first baseman, uh, Miguel Cabrera has a grade one oblique strain, uh, yet Tigers manager Brad Ausmus only expects him to miss two or three days. Uh, I know Cabrera is a a freak of nature, but that seems a little risky to me.
2: Yeah, I always think it's weird with, especially when you have the 10 day DL now, I feel like any oblique or, you know, hamstring injury of that nature is really should be an auto DL two to three days for an oblique injury even if it's technically your grade one is just seems like a
1: unnecessary
2: yeah really pushing it and, and injuries are kind of piling up a little bit with Cabrera he had the he had the back issue during uh, spring training and the, had to pull out of the WBC for it and flared up a little bit on him in April again and then he went on the DL with the groin issue and now he's got the oblique thing uh, you know I, I still think he's going to perform ultimately but you worry with. Players entering their mid-thirties when they, all these injuries start piling up.
1: Yeah, and especially with an oblique injury, those those kind of injuries they're really touchy. If he aggravates it, makes it worse, this could turn into a you know four to six week injury. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I am a little concerned about them pushing out and pu- pushing him back out on the field too soon. Um, let's move on to a host of young players, prospects uh, we've seen make their way to the majors over the past week. We saw the Cubs call up Ian Happ. Last weekend, of course, Jason Hayward's been on the disabled list. Uh, That outfield a little bit banged up. Uh, Happ has hit really well so far, had two more hits Thursday afternoon. Uh, Jose Barrios finally joined the Twins rotation over the weekend pitched into the eighth inning against the Indians, gave up just one run on two hits and one walk. Uh, then we saw Bradley Zimmer called up by the Indians this week. They're dealing with some injuries in their outfield. Abraham Almonte, Brandon Geyer, they're going to be out four to six weeks, I believe. Uh, so he has some leash there. Um, but the question is, what do we think of these guys in mixed leagues? Uh, who would be the first one you'd stash away? Uh,
2: I, You know, I have my questions about... Uh about Zimmer, but I think he's probably still the most intriguing of that group for fantasy purposes, I agree. Uh, especially for this know, year. Yeah. You know, nearly a 40% strikeout rate at at, at AAA last season that strikeouts have always been a huge issue for him. And he's had some issues against lefties as well. But as you mentioned, he really should get a opportunity to, to run away with a job. And he's a guy with twenty twenty talent. He's always put up, uh, you know big stolen base totals he hit, hit for power just a, a super good athlete we've kind of gotten a a glimpse of both sides of him in his first two games he mm-hmm. had 0 for 3 with 3 strikeouts in his first game and then he doubled and hit a home run in his second game so right. it's expect ups and downs but when you're talking about a 2020 talent which you know seems like they're rarer and rarer in the majors these days you know I, I, he's the most intriguing of the three to me pretty I, I like Barrett Burrios quite a bit as well uh, I know the last season was was pretty ugly for him but mm-hmm. it's not going to turn 23 I think until what next week and the walk issues he had last year it, it just doesn't it, that's never been a concern for him so I think he's you know once he gets comfortable with the big league level is he'll he'll be fine in that regard I, I guess he's his second start is tonight so we're we're uh knocking before, yeah we're recording before that but yeah knowing knowing that tomorrow will end up walking six guys tonight. <laughs> yeah we're knocking on wood for you right now yeah. um yeah i
1: hap is such a hard one for me uh i really don't know what to say other than i'm i'm super uh i guess tempted to to stash him away um that's
2: certainly super intriguing
1: yeah but there's just so many pieces in that that uh, on that roster, that I just don't. Mm-hmm. When everybody's healthy, I don't. I don't see how he's going to play every day. Um, but who knows? So, sometimes those situations resolve themselves. So
2: I mean, if they did, would it be uh, Pavi Bias that gets squeezed out? I just don't. I just can't see. He has not performed. He's you know sub seven hundred OPS, but I just can't see them pushing him out of a out of starts. And he would seem to be most vulnerable. Maybe Schwarber, but they don't seem you know. Anxious to move even move him down in the lineup. So I just don't see how Hap's gonna stick around. We are still talking about four games as good as he's looked. So
1: Yeah, it's it's weird though they're they're giving him a chance in the cleanup spot. You know what I mean? They're already putting him in some uh, heavy responsibilities there. Um but yeah, I think if you're I'd say in a shallow mixed league, you probably wouldn't pick up Zimmer or Hap. Um but if not, if you're in a twelve team league, let's say you have four or five outfielders I could see dropping someone who's sort of replaceable, seeing how the situation plays out, and if Hap gets sent back down to the minors in the next few days, I don't really think you lose that much,
2: you know. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah, and I think we're at the point. I think the way that that fantasy owners sort of evaluate things, we're a lot quicker to grab these prospects or maybe players who are off to hot starts because. You can't really afford to be patient these days, it seems like you really have to be aggressive with these guys. And if you miss right. out, you miss out. So uh, sometimes it pays off to, to grab these guys. But, uh, you know, if Hap gets sent down, I don't really think it's a big deal. Um, let's move on here to the Cardinals outfield situation. And you're sort of our Cardinals contingent this week. So uh, <laughs> I, I figured you could tackle that with Stephen Piscotty about to come off the DL.
2: Yeah, it's due to come off the DL on Friday. Uh, they're also supposed to get Johnny Peralta back on Friday, but he's kind of uh, irrelevant at this point. Jed mm-hmm. Jericho's run away with the, the third base job and the cleanup spot. But I think it is going to be interesting to follow what they, what they do in their outfield going forward. Uh, Tommy Pham was called up when Piscotty went on the DL, and he started all 11 games since being called up on May 5th. He's been in the number two spot in the lineup in four of the last five games, and so far hitting 3.26 with a 4.12 OBP and a 6.28 SLUG, three home runs and three stolen bases. Um, something to know with him, he has this eye condition, and I guess he was born with something wrong with his corneas, and he's always like changing like his contacts, and his eyes are always giving him issues, which obviously that's not ideal when you're trying to hit a. Baseball for a living. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, he got contacts just before this season that are working out for him and did really well at AAA. And he's done really well in the majors so far. And a guy with a career OPS of over 800 so far at the big league level. And uh, Randall Grichik is only hitting 239 with a 299 OEP so far. Uh, he's been benched in two of the last four games. So I was intrigued coming into this season by Gritchick just because he just got such a big raw power and it seemed like the Cardinals were going to finally, you know, give him a job and just let him run with it, but he hasn't really done much and you know, it it, it seems at least over the last, you know, 2 weeks that Fam has been more of a priority than him. So, uh, you know, Fowler's been a little banged up with the shoulder thing, but he seems to be back now and you know, when all these guys are healthy, it it looks like Gritchick might be might be losing some playing time. So, and I think fam is, he's barely owned in fantasy right now. I think he's a pretty decent stash.
1: Yeah. You mentioned about the eye condition with fam. I, I actually didn't know that, but, um, he's struck out in 31.5% of his plate appearances in the majors, which is actually higher than Grichik. But I was sort of looking at their hard hit rates and exit velocity, stuff like that. And fam's is far and above Grichik for what it's worth. Um, so hey, I mean, I think that backs up a little bit uh, with what we've seen from Fam so far, and at the very least, I think he's earned an opportunity in that outfield.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. He's he's an he's kind of an intriguing guy. He's always had issues with injuries, but like he's built like an NFL safety, just a huge guy and can really run. So of course, you could say the same about Grichik too. But I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I I mean, Piscotty's not going to go on the bench, so maybe those guys will split you know, split duties and Matheny will just wind up with whoever goes out, gets hotter of those two guys.
1: Right. Um, let's quickly move over to the pitcher side of things here and a pitcher. We both liked a lot coming into this year, I think. Um, and that's Edwin Diaz with the Mariners, amazing rookie season, those huge strikeout numbers earned his way to the closer role. Eventually. Um, I had him as a top five closer coming into this year, but He's been a little shaky so far this year. Walked four batters and a save chance on Monday. And now Scott Service wants to give him a break from the role to work on his mechanics. Uh, Tony Zick ba- bailed Diaz out on Monday. Uh, Steve Ciszek, we know him in fantasy leagues. Uh, long track record as a closer. He blew a save chance on Tuesday. Just returned from hip surgery. So you got to wonder how far they're going to push him, um, at least right now. Um, and based on what Mariners uh, general manager Jerry DiPoto said on fantasy sports Radio on thursday it seems that hard throwing lefty james pezos is the guy to stash in this bullpen pezos came over from the yankees in a trade it was sort of a minor trade i don't think we even really talked about it that much but the numbers have been really good this year 241 era with 25 strikeouts and eight and and eight walks in 18 and two-thirds innings um i don't expect diaz to be out of the role for long but um what's your play here what's your expectations
2: Uh, gosh, I really don't know. I I think all these guys are probably worth flyers with, you know, Zich and Pezos at the, probably at the top of the list. Uh, Ideally, I think the Mariners would ease C-Check back into things. He's coming back from hip surgery.
0: Yeah.
2: And he was given that safe chance earlier this week, I think by kind of by default, because other people weren't available, Mm -hmm. you know, ideally they would ease him into things in low leverage situations, but like you said, I'm I'm really not worried about Diaz over the long term. He's he's still striking a bunch of guys out and until his last outing, he really hadn't walks weren't that much of an issue. He's, he's, he he just walked four in his last start or, or last appearance like you said and but before that he was like, really the home run balls was bothering him. Yeah. And you know, his stuff is just too good. I'm I'm not worried about him long term. I think it's going to be uh, you know, fairly soon when he gets the job back. Uh, like I said, Zich and Bezos probably at the top of the list, but It could be a mix-and-match situation in the Mariners' bullpen for a while.
1: Yeah, it certainly seems that way. So if anything, like I've been saying to most fantasy owners this week, do not drop Diaz. By no means drop him. Uh, No way. If if anything, I'd be trying to buy low on him right now see if maybe you can find a frustrated owner, but still big-time potential there. So try to be patient, see how the situation plays out. A week or two from now, Diaz could very well get the role back. Um, Moving on to the the starting pitcher side of things, um, and let's be real. The environment for starting pitchers is anything but stable right now. Uh, Big names on the disabled list, big, big names disappointing. There haven't been many really breakout pitchers so far this season. So we're sort of looking for value really wherever we can find it. Um, I put a couple of those names in waiver wired on Thursday who are, I think are, are worth a shot in mixed leagues at the very least. Uh, Nate Carnes with the Royals coming off back to back double digit strikeout games. Zach Godley with the Diamondbacks, uh, 193 ERA through three starts in the majors this year, gave up just one hit against the Mets on Monday. Uh, Luis Perdomo with the Padres, he's been really good over his last four starts. He had a career high nine strikeouts in his most recent start. Um, So I was thinking, what is your order of preference with these guys? For me, I would say I'd probably put Carnes first. Um, It gets a little harder after that for me. I might put Perdomo second. Um, But I think I like Carnes the best.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I'd put him on top. He's a guy that's always gotten strikeouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, struck out a batter per inning in his career. And the walks are down this season. I'm not sure if I believe that that's going to work for him over the long haul he's he's always had issues with his control so that could go on him at any point but I think purely for strikeouts any at the very least he's worth worth a shot in, in deeper leagues uh I would I would agree that Perdomo might have a slight edge over Godley and it's mainly you know you're comparing Petco to to Chase Field was yep. kind of the tiebreaker for me per- Perdomo's got crazy splits so far this year uh right handed batters, he's held to a five twenty two OPS and lefties have a nine forty one OPS against him so far this season. Yikes. So yeah, so I mean, you know, against like the Dodgers on the road who have a bunch of good lefty bats, you're not gonna wanna touch him in that start, but I think he's an interesting streamer option in, in good matchups, especially at Petco. And uh Godley admittedly was a guy that is completely off the radar coming mm-hmm. in the season, but I did catch a little bit of that start against the Mets, and that curveball is pretty nasty. So, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't always control it. I think he had like five walks. He did, but, yeah. Yeah, he, it, I could see the, you know, him continuing to get swings and misses with that curve.
1: Yeah. And he's inducing a bunch of grounders as well. So has a chance to keep the ball in the ballpark. But as you said, the walks, the, the pitching environment in general, making half of his starts in chase field, but at least getting the ball on the ground uh, getting swings and misses. Uh, he's suddenly really intriguing to me, but two weeks ago, I would have never gone for him uh, in a mixed league, but right now uh, intriguing enough. And I think he gets the Padres uh, this weekend. So good, good opportunity to give him a shot uh, in a mixed league. Um, so let's get to the mailbag. We have three questions we're going to answer this week. Um, we'll start out with a question from Charco2882 on Twitter. He writes, got offered Jake Arietta and Jonathan VR for Kenley Jansen and JT RealMoto.
2: Which side wins? It's funny. Out of these four guys, I'm probably the most worried about Arietta, but I think I would still take the Arietta VR side of the trade. Mm-hmm that's you're definitely playing for more upside on that side of the of the deal you know arieta's velocity has been down uh and he's got the walks under control a little bit at least compared to to last season but they're still up from you know his peak his peak years and vr is striking out a ton but he's also still giving fantasy owners plenty of category punch so you know he's hitting for He's hit some home runs and stealing bases, scoring runs and stuff. So Jansen is obviously the safest of these four guys, I think. And Mm -hmm. Real Muto is super solid at catcher. But I think I would go for a little more upside with the Arrieta VR side.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I I think questions like this are hard to answer. I I do get these questions where, you know, they're asking which side wins. And to me, I think too much attention is paid to winning a trade rather than just filling out your roster category Exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're kind of forced to answer this question in a vacuum. So I like the buy low side. The Cubs seem to think that it's a mechanics thing with Arietta, So I'm willing to give them some benefit of the doubt there and see how it plays out. Um, he's not getting as many grounders this season, so that's a little weird. But uh, the secondary numbers, you know, strikeout rate, walk rate, uh, swinging strike percentage, they're not that bad. Uh, so I'd be willing to take a chance on him. As for VR, he was out of the lineup for the second straight day today. The, the Brewers sort of giving him a, a mental break, uh, uh, so to speak. So, um, But I think it's a much-needed one. He's off to a, a pretty underwhelming start, all those strikeouts. Uh, He struck out a lot even last year, Um, just sort of swinging more often in general this season. Pitches outside the strike zone, not as many line drives, but with his speed, I think the batting average on balls in play is going to start to come around, Um, so not a bad time to maybe buy low on him. I think the danger might be he'll be dropped in the lineup, might not hit leadoff, so that would be, that would ding his value quite a bit, but uh, I think those are two pretty good buy low targets, Um, so I think I would do that one. Um, Up next, we have a question from, uh, this is actually a tough one to read, McCorkle Polis on Twitter. Uh, Sorry if I botched that one. But uh, (laughs) anyway, he asks, is Steven Matz worth a stash in a 10-team league? Uh, He's starting his rehab assignment on Thursday. Um, I'll get this one started Uh, by the way Seth Lugo also starting his rehab assignment on Thursday Lugo working his way back from a partial tear of the UCL in his elbow we'll see how that goes obviously Tommy John surgery looms as a possibility Matt's has a strained flexor tendon in his elbow Um, there's sort of been conflicting reports about that though the Mets apparently weren't able to find anything wrong with him reportedly but whatever anyway Matt's, I think, is absolutely. You,
2: you mean you don't want to get into the more Mets? I don't. I absolutely. Don't.
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised the Mets are like, he's totally fine. <laughs> Throw him out there. Everything's good. um But yeah, Matt's absolutely worth a stash. I mean, look at what he's done when we've seen him in the majors 28 regular season starts, and he's been really good. 316 ERA, uh, 163 strikeouts, 41 walks, and 168 innings. So, yes. Definitely someone worth a stash. I just don't have any expectation for him to stay healthy. And I imagine he'll need most of his rehab window before joining the Mets, sort of going through a full spring training again. Uh, So we may not see him until early June, maybe mid-June. But he's still available in over 30% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a shallow league, he might still be out there.
2: Yeah, I think you, you covered pretty much all the bases with Mats. It's just all about health with him. You know, career 3.16 ERA, struck out a batter per inning, uh, keeps the walks at a good level. It's, you know, it may be they're hoping early June, I guess, is what they're saying. Like you said, it's could be a little bit longer than that, depending on how he looks, depending on how he gets along. It takes him to get stretched out. But absolutely, even in a 10-teamer, if you have room, go ahead and stash him.
1: Yeah, and and you look at the Mets rotation right now. Robert Gazelman has really struggled. I totally missed that one. I did not see that coming. Uh Tommy Malone holding down a rotation spot as as the most underwhelming replacement for Noah Syndergaard humanly possible. <laughs> uh so yeah, there's going to be there's going to be room for Mats in that rotation and and potentially Lugo too if he can if he can stay healthy. Uh, so, yeah, opportunity there. I think Lugo not a guy you should really pay attention to in mixed leagues right now, maybe if you 're in a deeper league n l only something like that but but otherwise, Matts is the guy uh, to stash. Um, our final question this week comes from doe underscore Anson on Twitter. He asked simply what is d gordon 's rest of season value
2: I looked up our on our uh, our season pass player rater, and I was actually surprised that. Gordon was number seven among second basemen I I would have thought he was a little bit lower than that but I guess that the formula just really loves those steals he's still got 12 stolen bases Uh, Don Manning moved him down to the number nine spot in the lineup for a few games uh, like a week or so ago and that was the first time he hit it anywhere other than the leadoff since he became a Marlin but he's back in the leadoff spot now I, I mean I think at this point that obviously the past pd thing looms over his head we it's it's impossible really to to factor that in we just don't know how how it has affected him if it has uh but i I think the wise thing basically is just to count on gordon for speed and nothing else which is still plenty valuable obviously you can see i just said that he's number seven among fantasy second baseman and so even if you see the low average and obviously he has zero power just keep in mind that he's still giving you value even though you're you know coming up dry in other categories.
1: Gordon is a weird one. I, I looked at his fan graphs page before we started this show, and his batted ball profile like isn't all that different from what we've seen in the past. Like The contact rate is right in line with previous years. He's actually swinging at fewer pitches outside the strike zone this year, and he's a guy who hits a lot of ground balls, utilizes his speed, Usually has a higher batting average on balls and play due to that speed. He's at 291 right now, but he, he has a 338 career batting average on balls and play. So I think we're going to see better from him moving forward. Um, and he's been sort of underwhelming uh, to this point. But as you mentioned, 12 stolen bases. So that's second in the majors um, behind Billy Hamilton right now. So he can help you win a category. Maybe you go through uh, three quarters of the season with him, or half a season with him, and try to trade him off if you get an advantage in steals, something like yep. that. Um, but to me, I, he's still a top ten second baseman. Uh, he's still, you know, a top seventy-five player overall. To me, at least, at, assuming he's going to be in that leadoff spot.
2: Yep, I think that's I think that's about right. You know, just like I mentioned, just keep in mind that you're even though he's going to underwhelm in other categories just uh, realize the value he brings in the in the stolen base category and he's he's going to keep running and they're not going to not going to hold up the stop sign on him so yeah i think maybe it's
1: just because we're seeing so much power in the game right now that his deficiencies from a power perspective are kind of sticking out more does that make sure. sense yeah um,
2: no, totally um
1: especially because we saw all the power we saw from the second base position last year um you know Brian Dozier hitting 40 home runs, Robinson Cano exploding. Uh, I think we have just this expectation now that you want power from every position. Um, so that could be why. But I still think, as you said, the speed still gives him quite a bit of value. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still a fan of him as a you know top 10 second base type. So um, that'll do it for the mailbag. If you want to get in touch with the show, submit questions, that sort of thing, uh, you can email riddleworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that email address is rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Short. Ryan is on Twitter at Ryan P. Boyer. And we'll see you next time.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?